Welcome to What The Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under $30 left in our pocket, but I can feel it. We're going to get it back in this next hand, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your co-host, Davey. Uh, and with me, I have my high-rolling co-hosts, Skylar and Brian. How are you guys? Avoiding the gambling tables <laughs> entirely. <laughs> hey, I went positive. My wife is the one that ruined it. What's up, what's up guys? <laughs> uh, I might have dabbled a little bit. And in fact, uh, I, I almost did because you guys were uh, on the hunt for something, I think, Saturday night. But uh, uh, my wife had uh, a number of times said, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to gamble while I'm at Las Vegas. And she's like, I know you are. Somebody's going to talk you into it. And then uh, it was kind of like uh who's who's gaming who there because then i was like well no if you're so sure then i'm definitely not going to which may have been exactly what she was shooting for so <laughs> well played to jess uh, my favorite part was we were all just willing to spend some money to sit around a poker table but when we all decided to go down to the poker tables the house was like yeah the house has been losing at blackjack so uh, each hand is 25 dollars, and we're all like <laughs> yes it's like you have no, a no, convention of nerds and the house starts losing money <laughs> Uh, in case you couldn't pick it up from the uh, chat here, our topic today is going to be our experience at the Las Vegas Open. We were going to have Phil on here to kind of MC it for us, but uh, got a couple technical issues that we're going to sort out. Uh, for your context, we are recording on Sunday, the 28th of January. LVO has come and gone. Uh, we all got to see a preview of Zondara's Grave Robbers. I'm within 90% of the yep. correct uh, letters uh <laughs> what do you guys think i'm extremely hyped for it yeah yeah the theme looks awesome uh we have uh the um you know love interest trying to figure out how to reshape um you know her cursed love back uh, to a form yeah uh, that isn't wolf-like <laughs> and there are like three projects that she keeps resurrecting and testing <laughs> on yeah I love it. Uh, yeah, the couple. They, uh, go ahead. When they included salvage for power cards, I figured that it was only a matter of time before we saw some sort of objective salvage mechanic, and it really seems thematic with uh, their ability that you can uh, salvage if a keyword locked to one of the specific love interests. Uh, if they're dead or out of action, then you can salvage their objective card. Um, I wonder, because they're grave robbers, if we're also going to see the first uh, objective cards that revolve around plunder. Mm, interesting. Uh, they have a cool mechanic where the zombies can uh, move some of the feature tokens. Uh, I I just am, in general, excited for the theme, mechanics, and models on this warband, which is kind of all three things. So uh, I uh, we might have to have like a... Michael Jackson beat it style dance knife fight to figure out who gets to uh, uh, take lead on those guys. But we'll, we'll come to that when we get there. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, before we uh, jump into the main topic, we have a number of community shout outs and that makes sense. We just came back from a great uh, community weekend, uh, I guess one week ago now. Uh, gents, who wants to kick us off with something here? Yeah, I'll jump in first with a shout out to Hansa. Uh, so Hansa is a Discord user, uh, but the reason we're shouting him out today is because uh, he's developed a um, Underworlds events global calendar. Uh, and so we're going to have that linked in the show notes. Uh, figured coming from an event, uh, we wanted to 
uh, share out, you know, how to best find events. And this, I think, is going to quickly become one of the best resources for finding events. Um, he's established maintainers for different regions to make sure that this is indeed global. And there's, you know, focus done by the retainers or sorry, maintainers, uh, you know, in each region uh, to add the events specific to their region to make sure that this thing um, continues to be the resource that it's built to be, uh, as well as mark out what types of events those are and whether or not they include uh, a ticket to your journey to worlds. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to shout out uh, the Critical Focus channel. It's been something that's been chugging along with a particular project. They finally uh, finished up the, I think they're current now, uh, they've done the background, the lore behind all of the different seasons of Underworlds. Uh, it's something that we've talked about doing for quite a long time and just haven't found the time to, to slot it in. We kind of saw that gap in the uh, content coverage and uh, those guys beat us to the punch. So uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. I think it's a, a really interesting background to the game. Uh, even if it isn't spotlighted all that often with us. Um, so recommend checking that out. That's super cool. Yeah. And then I'll shout out uh, Shade Glass Reflections, our local Alex. Uh, noticed the lack of YouTube content for Underworlds. And he wanted to be one of the first in the space or the current ones in the space. Um, so wanted to shout him out. He's just getting started. He's got one episode still. Uh, figuring out exactly how he's going to go about it. But his second episode will be relevant to this episode because he is going to feature our pink slip match from LVO weekend with yeah. our underworld underground friends and sleeks bowl who I played against in that match. Yeah. Uh, that is a game that we haven't seen his footage yet. We saw it live and it was incredible. Um, all I can say is that recommend you take some time to watch it. It was really fun to uh, see. It was really fun to commentate on and all that sort of stuff. So that was, that was a great experience with a, with a great group of folks. Yeah, he the said the us. footage was pretty good, even though it is. Uh, we, it was very ad hoc, so it's more of a backyard brawl like Kimbo Slice type deal. <laughs> uh, not exactly a high production UFC match. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's one more I wanted to hit uh, while we're talking about local locals here, and that is uh, we returned. So we were really excited while we were at uh, at LVO. Uh, we we were gone for the Thursday night league night. We looked back and there were 11 people playing uh, at, at league without us, which felt like a pretty pretty awesome turnout when the core consistency of uh, constituency of our group was was off doing something else. Uh, so I did not expect to be even more wowed when we returned and we had 22 players uh, out damn. <laughs> uh, on a Thursday. Um, and that was, that was incredible. Uh, I was, I was kind of deep in an awesome game with Alex and uh, I remember looking up and he mentioned that how many people there were. And I was like, that can't be right. And like counted tables and like, Oh no, it's also that table and that table and that table. So, uh, that was amazing and just want to thank all our locals for making this such a big thing, especially uh, especially you, Skyler, who has uh, done a ton of work and a ton of coordination to make this a, a thing that people are excited to come out for on a weeknight. Um, so 
Thanks. I'm just as hyped as everybody. <laughs> uh, my mind is absolutely blown right now. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm still riding that high. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was so fun. Um, and there's there's this uh, enthusiasm. We've talked about this project. Uh, I occasionally tried to make it happen with our leagues where I try to get every war band played. But now we have this like snowball rolling where a bunch of people are excited about it. And so I think we have, as of this week, we only need 14 other war bands to be played. And there's uh, half the league to go. So we'll... Uh, I think I think we're finally going to do it. I think so too. Yeah, uh, breaking records all over the place. <laughs> it's been my personal goal uh, to try to play a different warband every single game I play this league. So, uh, won't <laughs> we'll see if I can uh, maintain. Uh, it, it requires like reassembling decks every single week. But uh, I want to give Alex just a little more love before we jump away from the community shoutout sections. So, although he will be featuring our pink slip game. Uh, the channel focus is going to be uh, primarily on retelling games, uh, so doing game reenactments, where the game is on display, uh, so you're still getting to see what it's like playing Underworlds, but the focus is going to be uh, less on the turn-to-turn gameplay and more given through the narrative uh, of what's occurring throughout a game, uh, as told by a nameless seer. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a really cool and fresh like way to jump into the space and, and carve out a spot for himself. Um, and like Brian said, one episode out already, uh, he's still figuring out what he wants the shape of these episodes to look like. So he has a ton of notes on ways he wants to iterate and improve for the next episode. And, uh, he's been talking enthusiastically about what that's going to look like. So, yeah, uh, doubling down on that shout out for you, Alex. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to say uh, is that LVO coverage is, is just starting to come out. Uh, as of the co- recording of this episode, we don't yet have the expected content from Underworlds Underground. I know they've already recorded an episode. It's not yet released. And uh, Path to Glory, I know, are working an episode, which uh, by the time you hear this is likely going to be out, but uh, not guaranteed. I don't know exactly what their schedule is going to be, but I uh, recommend you listen. We're all going to be kind of bringing our own perspectives there. And uh, the what is out right now is that uh, Spent Glory Fish Mode's got his blog. If you prefer to read about it, he's uh, he's got written about his experience, and that was a that was as usual a nice crisp uh, read, uh, quality content there. All right, let's talk LVO. Uh, you guys ready? As ready as I'm gonna be. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, so. We're just going to, it occurs to me because we'll occasionally get this question on the Discord is, uh, you know, what is Adepticon or something like that? And so uh, there is this uh, tendency to assume that everybody knows about this sort of thing. So uh, LVO, uh, to put it in simple terms, is a wargaming tournament convention. It is really has been focused on games workshop games although there are quite a few other things going on there as well saw any number of things like uh i don't know uh the privateer press games and marvel crisis protocol and uh star wars shatterpoint i want to say yeah um, shatterpoint legion yeah. armada all that all that stuff's there uh our part of it really focuses in on the grand clash uh and this was going to be a two-day friday and saturday event um and it was, in our case, I think there were 25 down to 24 players, which was a, a significant uptick from last year. Uh, somewhere about double or so of the, the I should actually know uh, who showed up last year. Was it seven or eight last year, actually? Yeah. 
yeah, so uh, that would be triple the uh, attendance, which was encouraging. Still small when you compare it to something like the 40K uh, things, but uh, there, there are a lot of people who are coming out who are who are doing it. Uh, you know, their, their individual communities were growing, and uh, it was really fun to see all kinds of new faces uh, out there. So that was, that was cool. That was our – and then we had a Rivals event on uh, Sunday, which we'll also touch on. Um, if you listen to our previous episode, it was the, uh, dear diary where everyone did their pre, uh, pre LVO thoughts. I recorded one, recorded an intro and then passed it to Phil to edit so that I wouldn't have like inside scoop on what my compatriots were doing. Uh, and so then I listened to it after the fact and I, uh, listeners, I kind of don't care if you didn't like it. I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed, uh, listening. Um, obviously I do care if you, you what you think of it, but, uh, I, I think you can expect some more of that. That was, uh, it was really fun to get uh, some of the perspectives from, uh, Alex and jazz and that. And, uh, I think what it came to is that they're coming at it from a different angle than, um, than us. And I, I really like to try and try and get some of those ways of playing out there. You know, the vast majority of players that, that play this game are, are not shooting to win a grand clash. They're playing in a more casual way. Um, and uh, it was really sweet to hear uh, Jazz's uh, excitement for it uh, coming from kind of a different perspective than, than we do here. So, uh, but if you listen to that, then you already know what we brought. And if you didn't, then we're going to run it down real quick for you. Uh, Skylar, can you let folks know what you brought? Absolutely. Headcrackers, fort crackers. I believe that's how it's uh, supposed to be said, too. So I'm glad you're uh, maintaining that. Uh, for those who, who might not know, uh, the pairing of Fearsome Fortress with Headcrackers, Mad Mob, that I have fallen in love with and continue to uh, plant a flag with. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, Brian, what were you bringing? I brought the Thricefold Discord and Seismic Shock. Thought that was a good safe pairing for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but Thricefold Discord, basically, when they came out, just had that was that was set. Like I, I was yeah. joining those. Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was also excited about them, but it felt too much for two of us to be doing it. So I, I kind of bopped around on some other things and ended up on uh, Gore Chosen of Drum. And uh, I had played through our last league, mostly doing them with Void Curse Thralls. And so when it came time to settle on something, uh, I kind of panicked and went back to the thing that I was most familiar with, uh, especially in the light of that uh, recent errata. And I didn't know how different the meta was going to be. So I figured I might as well stick with what I knew. And uh, that's what we were launching in there with. Uh, ye, as a note, I've asked the uh, other three members who did uh, did the uh, pre-LVO diaries to record their post-event thoughts. And uh, we'll be getting those out to you either as a standalone mini episode or you may hear them as an addendum to this one, depending on uh, when those come in. Uh, but you will get to hear about Jazz, Alex, and Bobby's experiences too. Um, but it's us now. Uh, this was a two-day event. On day one, we had three games, uh, three matches, I should say. They're all best of three. And then they would cut to the top 16 who would play on day two. Um some folks pointed out that a top 16 cut in a 24 person event, it's a pretty big cut. And I would agree. Uh, I think uh, the tournament organizer, Chris did an awesome job. He was really engaged, um, really upfront with how he was doing things. Um, so no complaints there. And I think if he had it to do again, he, he might make it a flexible cut. Um, 
and then uh, think of some sort of uh, organized event on day two for the folks who don't make the top eight or whatever you cut to. So um, that was going to be our day one on Friday was uh, three. Skylar, can you tell us a little bit about the faction breakdown? Yeah. So was delighted with the amount of variety we had at um, at the event. So we actually had 17 unique warbands uh, represented. Uh, the duplicates ended up being uh, three Crimson Court at the most represented, uh, along with uh, Grisel's Arena. I never know how to pronounce Grisel, Grisel. Um, <laughs> Grisel. Grisel. There, see, <laughs> getting it wrong in all corners of the word. Or uh, maybe it's like a Spanish double L, Grisella. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, three of them as well. <laughs> uh, hot off of their uh, buff from the errata. So super cool, um, especially to see uh, that representation of what I um, consider to be gambling aggro at a Vegas event. Uh, fitting <laughs> and then uh next up in duplicates uh two ofs we had gore chosen of drum drapers wraith creepers and thricefold discord and then um to round out uh the rest uh all unique entries uh and that's cogger's ravagers green cracks luton court canaan's reapers starblood stalkers elethane soul raid Ephelim's pandemonium spike claws swarm you sir or ma'am <laughs> Legend. Legend. <laughs> uh, Iron Souls Condemners, The Cunning Crew, Headcrackers Mad Mob, Domaton Storm Coven, only a one off, uh, and Hexbane's Hunters. Um, notably, uh, only a one off of the Pandemonium in there as well. Yeah. So uh, I, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I think we we're all pleasantly surprised with the variety there. It was pretty great. Uh, it was to the point where I was like, surprised when i noticed like oh there's more than one of this warband you know um was there anything any uh absences or inclusions here that really surprised you i'm always surprised to not see a ripas mm. yeah uh i was personally surprised to not see a headsman's curse i almost brought them uh and then uh, I think I had actually, uh, ironically, uh, Jazz beat them with her uh, Crimson Court, and I was like, I just don't quite have them figured out enough yet to to bring them. So, uh, irony to follow later. But uh, uh, them, and then yeah, I really would have expected to see some doubles of Hexbane, Domitan, or Pandemonium. I definitely expected more uh, Hexbanes, but also GSP. But that was a uh, flavoring from worlds but maybe mm -hmm. the world's performance uh it seemed like those there was a lot of uh teching to counter domitans and ephilims and that didn't work at worlds um, yeah domitan still took it yeah so i wonder if that along with the nerfing to domitans and ephilims with the latest uh update made those aggro counters not seem as necessary so yeah. that could be yeah, I think with the shakeup to Storm Coven and Pandemonium, it, it probably uh, did quite a bit to this landscape where, you know, it's only three weeks lead time. So mm -hmm. uh, I could even see uh, pivots away mm -hmm. from Pandemonium and Storm Coven, just um, given like, hey, I don't think I have enough time to like uh, reload mentally, you know, how, how I want to um, 
pilot this warband after I've been so used to piloting them a different way. Right. That makes sense. I certainly didn't expect the uh, heavy investment in Grizzales Arena instead to, <laughs> uh, to pivot that aggro option. But yeah, I felt it. I, I mean, I, I like it. I think that's uh, people being excited about the change. And yeah. uh, uh, I will say having eventually played against them, just knowing that they might reduce damage by one really put a lot more pressure on like, okay, I guess I need to make an attack that has oh, like yeah. one damage to spare. And just the uh, the extra mental tax that I was going through to make that happen uh, was, was a lot of extra mental load on my side. So... Um, but let's say uh, let's say we jump into these day one games. Uh, Skyler, uh, we've had you lead on a couple of things. Brian, you want to start us off here? Sure. Uh, so starting off with my round one uh, was against Frank and his Grizzales Arena. I fought them twice this day. And the first match, um, as I had been prepping for Seismic Shock, I wanted to be more passive and sit back, score my objectives, and kind of like dare to have one uh fighter come and in, in, enter my territory so that they could be my spell casting punching bag um and one of the things that i'd been encountering is that like the cards never came up in the right order for me or at least the preferred order so i always ended up having to kind of engage more than i wanted to um instead of the passive uh but in this match I got all the luck. Uh, my cards came up and it was the perfect kind of like passive hand. And I'm just like, okay, so we're fine. <laughs> like, yay, my luck has been saved up for LVO. Like, here we go. <laughs> um, but it was all in this match and it was a uh, pretty heavy uh, beat down uh, just in terms of like I had the cards and the dice on my side in this match. Um, Frank did what he could, but his dice weren't uh, cooperating with making, getting his ball rolling. So it was like he struggled to get the seed glory to get it going and i think by the end of our second match um i had uh all three of my fighters and just grizzale alive and i had triumph of paramountcy so i just kind of like mm. i kind of danced around while he uh finally killed um lasavir and vashtis and then at that point uh vexmore was tooled up and just poked her to death to because i could sacrifice both of them for two glory in order to get three and secure even more glory so it was um a bit oppressive uh, you know frank was a good opponent uh kept his cool uh appreciate that i was you know just trying to make it sporting but uh or try and make it a, f a decent match for him even though he was having no luck um but yeah that was pretty big game uh overall the they're pulling the the glory differential wound up being, so it was 2-0 for me, 38-11. to 11. Um, So, yeah, that's my round one. Uh, I also played a Frank in my round one, uh, and I was playing against a Spike Claw Beastbound Assault uh, combo. Uh, and I played against playing a Spike Claw in my day, but I realized I hadn't played against Beastbound Assault in quite a while. And so it was this uncertainty where I was like, man, I actually don't know. I, I tend to always play with, you know, what what do I need to counterplay? It's like, I don't remember what the big Beastbound Assault scores are. I don't really know how to go about this. Um, I was like, I guess I'll just kind of stick to my plan. And then in that first match, Drom gets smoked on like his third activation. I think I, I killed a guy and then he 
had a charge and then a resurrected charge and uh, killed drama. It's like, oh, I may be in a lot of trouble all of a sudden, but managed to uh, turn it around. And uh, I think his deck was requiring a, a few things to kind of happen in the right sequence as far as getting particular upgrades out. And they'd never quite landed before I managed to farm enough uh, rats to stay ahead of things. So uh, I took it. I took it 2-0 after sweating the, the first game of the match uh, a little bit, but that was a nice way to get my feet under me and, and get going. Uh, Skyler, how about you? For my first match, I got to play against Brendan. Uh, Brendan was running Kanan's Reapers and Tooth and Claw. And uh, out of the gate, I was like, oh boy, this is uh, uh, like I'm starting my day off with a, with a favorable matchup. Uh, so I kind of felt like, um, with that matchup, it was my game to lose. Um, and the reason for that is because, uh, I can, the more tech are a pretty easy route to getting primacy, uh, from round to round. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I have multiple options for taking Kanan down in two hits, uh, with wallop and headcrack of both being able to offer me, uh, three damage, um, Wallop naturally, uh, Headcracker when inspired, and Tooth Dagger uh, is kill it instinct. You know, if I can't get Kanan down before he inspires, uh, then uh, Kill it Instinct is going to give me Cleaven and Snare uh, and, you know, a shot at Grievous. So a lot of tools for taking Kanan down. Um, so it's, it's a matchup I played a lot. Um, so I was really comfortable, uh, going into this one, um, still had a blast playing. Brendan was, uh, a very fun opponent to play against. And, uh, one of the things that was extremely memorable was something he brought to the game. He had a tithe counter. Oh stand. yeah. 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 This, <laughs> this is awesome. This so, is great. Like, uh, it was, uh, about the size of a hex, uh, on the board, but then there's this pike sticking out of it. And anytime he would earn a tithe counter, he would slide a skull onto the <laughs> pike. And the first board he presented had a block tax. So he brought it in as the block tax. That's awesome. It was like that extra just chef's kiss touch to the warband that now like anytime I'm playing against somebody who enjoys Kanan's Reapers, I'm going to bring this up. It's going to be a story I tell and I'm going to encourage <laughs> them to make one because it's awesome. Um but yeah, uh, so uh, uh, I ended up winning this in two games. And one of the things I was afraid of was Hurricane Force uh, and his ability to potentially like push me out. So I was making sure that that was something I kept in mind with, with every, every round of play. Um, but uh, uh, that, that's how it went down. Uh, and Brendan, um, shout out to you. Uh, I was hoping to grab another game with you the next day, but didn't get a chance to. Um, but uh, thank you for running and getting me coffee <laughs> during day two, you hero. I needed it. <laughs> wow. What a nice guy. I, yeah. I got to play him at Rivals. And I, I thought he was super awesome. I really enjoyed meeting him. That was that was great. That I think that accounts for all our, our game ones. So we went, we were, we were all with wins uh, right out of the gate there. Uh, Brian, we'll go back around to you for game two, match two, I should say. Uh, it had to happen eventually, and Skyler <laughs> and I pair off again. Uh, he oh. dodged me at Nova. Uh, at Adepticons, <laughs> oh, we've both played each other at both of our latest Adepticons, and Skyler's been in my pocket. But Nova, we didn't play against each other, and today in LVO, um, it was 
thrice fold seismic shock versus the fort crackers uh this is a matchup we've played multiple times uh trying to see who can out passive and it's like again we always have very tight matches uh depends on the card order in my uh experience whether or not i can um dictate the engagement um and so it's kind of a 50 50 toss up. I, I think I still give the majority of the time to Skylar, uh, because I am so card order dependent, um, with my big scoring end phases. Um, mm-hmm. and in this match, I did not get the, that ideal card draw. Um, my first match took the most ideal luck I did. I was proud that I tried to make several pivots. Um, but then the dice didn't support my actions. Um, ultimately, I'll, I'll let uh, Skyler chime in before I give the final results. Yeah, so the <laughs> the game of chicken was real. Uh, we were constantly like, who is going to uh, put themselves in a position that the other warband is going to be able to take advantage of? Uh, so much so that in one of our games, there was a center objective between us. We, uh, longboard both games, I believe. Um, if, if I recall correctly, but definitely this one. Uh, and so there's this objective just over my territory into his and we're like tiptoeing as to like, who's going to grab it first because like, it's going to mean a world of hurt, um, mm. potentially for the person who then, you know, uh, grabs it, uh, initially. And what that ended up allowing me to do was grab primacy off of holding four, uh, because I decided, oh. you know what? You know what would be worth the risk here? <laughs> Primacy. <laughs> I've already pushed two fighters at the start of the game on two objectives uh, and spent one of my like stall turns moving on to a third. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a pretty memorable moment for me uh, during the game. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, two matches, ultimately. Uh, both matches kind of played out very similarly in my mind uh, in the sense that it was not optimal card draw. I needed to engage some, uh, and Skylar's surprisingly passive, like, mm-hmm. um, even with four crackers and, uh, an aggro warband like head crackers, um, the ploys to get primacy can really just fuel him. And so, um, I was forced to engage. He was able to take advantage of that. And some of my sco- big scoring to maybe save me, uh, didn't come up until they were like bottom deck. I managed to keep it close, I felt, um, but it was still 0-2 in Skylar's favor. Uh, glory differential here was 13-26. to 26. Um, yeah. I don't think that's in, that shows enough how close those games were. Like, we were constantly reading each other's objectives and, like, knowing what was going to score if we couldn't get, you know, that... Um, drive back off or or similar mm. it felt close for me because i had to fight so hard for every glory point um <laughs> it felt it was difficult um but it was a well-earned match uh you are still to be determined whether or not you're in my pocket at adepticon <laughs> exclusively but it, it is it is at least exclusively adepticon at this point until we fight each other again in a couple months broken the con level of that i'm out of yes. the con level pocket <laughs> yes i'm not letting you out the adepticon pocket uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh while you guys were duking it out and uh i think you might have been sitting right next to me i remember a lot of pocket talk happening um i uh i ended up facing against uh derek aka captain murderer bringing the one and only ephilim uh to this event 
And uh, I knew Notably, this was... he uh, took last year's LVO with GSP. Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. all knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. He made sure you know who knew who he was. Uh, he was. Uh, uh, I, I knew this was going to be as as tough of a match as I could face on the weekend. Um, that it was uh, a challenging warband and a and a great player. Uh, we sat down, and this was a pairing he had with Force of Frost, and. Uh, I realized that although I felt comfortable into Ephilim, all my reps were into seismic shock and, uh, fearsome fortress. And so I think I made some key mistakes. I, I had some assumptions that he maybe had closing the circle, the, uh, uh, hold three objectives. So I was thinking he was caring more about those and I was worried about him having more passive than he actually ended up having. Um, I, uh, I lost the first, uh, first game uh, pretty heavily uh, to the extent that somewhere in the uh, somewhere part of the way through the third round, I was wiped and uh, I just stopped. I just passed. I stopped showing any cards. I didn't want to give any information away. Uh, I wasn't I you know, glory differential actually mattered, but I didn't think that I had anything I could score anyway. So I, I uh, yeah, like I said, I, I uh, stopped there. That, that first game, I just landed one hit throughout the game, um, which makes it sound worse than it is. FLM's defenses are just kind of absurd. Um, if the field of change comes out, then they're almost all effectively on three dice because they're inevitably inspired two dice with a reroll. Uh, they can be real tough to hit. Well, especially with all the defensive upgrades they have in combination with Force of Frost as well. Fr- Frostworm Cloak, what is it? Armor of Ice and... Yeah. Uh, all of Ephilim's own defenses. Yeah. Like I am, if you stack those all on one fighter, that feels insurmountable. And then <laughs> if you spread that around, you can get some even worse combinations. Yeah. What I found was that I could eventually whittle them down to just a couple of fighters, but then those two fighters would be extremely hard to shift. Um, and Ephilim needs almost nothing alive. It feels like to score shocking amounts of glory. Um, and, uh, and what was a huge problem for me was Spawn Maw, since I have two large fighters right out of the gate. So then there's somebody who's uh, two dodge, move five, three smash uh, for three damage, which is really a, a pretty horrifying stat line to know is coming my way at some point. Uh, in the second game, I think I had uh, I had the luck on my side and and uh, you know maybe played a little smarter and, and managed to pull that. It was a it was a healthy win, but not as lopsided as that first one. And then we launched into that third game and, uh, it was, man, it was close. I, I think I was, I was at most of my war band still alive, uh, towards the end of the game. And then all of a sudden evaporated down to just Gore Hulk. And I was in a position where I think, uh, I think at one point I had a lead of five or six. I was feeling pretty comfortable. I'd almost killed Ephilim and then Ephilim upgraded to a, a state where that wasn't going to happen. You know, it just kind of like you were talking about stacking the defensive upgrades. I was like, it's, it's a fool's errand to, to keep going after Ephilim. And I made a, a really critical misplay here. And that was, uh, I had one of the refashioned, uh, upgrades in hand and just totally forgot to play it. I had refashioned reactions, um, and I had, I didn't see a reason. I don't know. I just didn't see immediately why I needed it, but there's no reason to save it. I had plenty of glory. It would have saved me from an Ephilim charge with that attack that for some reason Ephilim has that is three smash. Uh, 
at uh, range two, and I could have stepped away from that, saved myself from two damage, uh, and kept the Gorhulk alive. The Gorhulk was eventually killed, um, and that was not the difference. But I was uh, I was wailing away on uh, on the uh, only other changer alive, and he was he had the uh, ping back damage, and so it was kind of a race. Could I sneak the last little bit of damage through? before he managed to ping me back and the, the latter of the two happened. I think, uh, I think I had a route to victory if I'd managed to get the kill before getting pinged back, uh, and then maneuvered for a tiebreaker. But I was, I was up against it. And, uh, to be fair, like I, I still was playing it a little bit wrong, not as passive as I think might've been the correct choice. Uh, and I had some dice definitely in my favor. He missed some odds on attack. There's a pretty, pretty awesome picture of him hanging his head and me just leaning back in my chair and chuckling. Uh, I'll see if I can find it and throw it up at some point. But, uh, I, that, that misplay at the end cost me the opportunity to capitalize on the, the luck that was going in my favor. And Derek took the, uh, took the match two one and well-deserved played it well. Uh, and I was, uh, I was hoping I'd get another crack at him because I, I think, I, after later that day, I was like, I think I know the adjustments I could make right away. I think I was telling you guys, like, I don't know if I could have done any better, but, um, but, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I wanted another shot. However, uh, that put me in the one and one bracket with Brian. Uh, and actually there were a number of, uh, the Madison crew. I was like, I think there's a really good chance that we're going to play each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, we did not, Brian, who did you face in round three? I just had to double check you. I was like, as an, as somebody who's played Eflim a while, I'm like three three hammers for two damage <laughs> on her staff. I'm like, normally the sorcerers or the frail ones are supposed to be a little less accurate when they're doing combat attacks like that. But come on, GW, why why? I mean, it gets it's to like, the point where whenever the, whenever somebody reads off an Eflim stat line, like uh, so someone much. from there or or lays a card down, I'm like, that sounds too good to be true, and so it actually probably is correct. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, they're they're had, really good. I also had to pull up the warband and go check that attack. <laughs> and yeah. just, I was like, I guess for a warband who has everything, why not? <laughs> yeah, uh, it yeah. Just f- feels like uh, doesn't even feel like a flimsy wizard sorcerer at that point. But nobody's right. ever described Ephilim as flimsy. No, no. Uh, and I did manage to avoid curse Ephilim a couple times. It just wasn't the hit that uh, it would have been because by the time I have void cursed Ephilim, I'm often up so close. Like it's really a bigger bonus for putting Ephilim on one block instead of two dodge. Um, because once the lines get tangled, that three smash attack is debatably better than the spell attack unless you're yeah. trying to land some specific uh, objectives yeah yeah <laughs> Brian, Brian, i'm just Brian. <laughs> Ephilim, man yeah. uh all right so my round three i went back against the arena I, I was pleased uh one of my stretch goals in our dear diary was uh that i wanted to play and test myself against other um, names in the in the space. So, like, I wanted to play against either Captain Murder or uh, Zach Cachetta from Path to Glory or any of the Underworlds Underground guys. I knew I was going to be playing Sleek Spoiler or Pink Slip match, but now I got to play against Fish Mode's Grizzales Arena. Yeah. Um, and if the first game I had all the luck, second game I had at least some of the card draw that I needed and dice weren't there, everything abandoned me here. <laughs> um, oh, my God, it was so brutal against Frank, I seem to have a crit in almost every roll. Um, but here against fish mode, um, I rolled so many, uh, successes, but he would roll dodges and 
uh, felt like he acrobatic at least like three or four, <laughs> which when I'm trying to get successful cast for my surges, yeah. get that seed glory rolling. Oh, it was so brutal. Um, <laughs> and Grizzales, uh, something I learned is I, I really think that they're like a uh, new Molog, like spoiler war band. They're very dice dependent. It is very um, casino aggro. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, when they pop off, like Frank wasn't having any luck. Fish mode had a really good luck. I was having bad luck. Um, he was having decent, like he wasn't rolling super hot, but man, I could not get anything rolling. Um, it was uh, pretty disappointing because I, I felt like after three matches, I, 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 I just wanted to play more games really. Yeah. Um, but fish really took me out here. Uh, <laughs> two over oh and two for me. Um, the glory differential was real bad. Um, so five to 29 here. I know oh, <laughs> it was savage. Um, and that was like, he was all up in my grill because he's, uh, you know, missile aggro. Yeah. Uh, charging in. I had all the opportunities to try and get things rolling and nothing was cooking off. Um, but I was gimping myself with that incorrect rules assumption on yeah. the damage reduction for spell casting. So, yeah. um, yeah. I don't think it would have completely salvaged. Maybe it might've made it more respectable, but, uh, this pretty uh, definitively took me out. We knew that there was a chance that somebody one and two was going to make it into the into the uh, day two, um, but uh, yeah, spoiler alert! I, that was the that was the end of your Grand Clash run there, and the start of my drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and regarding that ruling, like we we've seen that before, where something hangs out in the previous. FAQ uh, document that's been kind of like overruled uh, by a new the the entrance of a newer rule or an, even like a newer ruling like in an FAQ entry. So I totally understand why at the event we were uh, going with um, like an attack reduced to zero was successful because one of the things that led to the question was, well, do I get drive back still? Mm. Uh, right, mm. and it's like, well, how do you process that? Well, when you look through like the new rules. Um, the way that an attack is worded, it's like if your dice indicated success, the mm-hmm. attack is successful and you're getting access to that drive back. So that, that's the ruling that uh, was ultimately run with uh, for the course of the event, but not one that would be known to you if you didn't <laughs> uh, think to check in on it. No, I mean, I would 100% gone with the way you were doing it, Brian. So um, I think that comes to me then, though. Uh, so I am one and one. I'm facing somebody else who is one and one. Uh, and I, I know that I've gotten, you know, a, a tough game out of the way. But I, I'm also like, if I want to make it to day two, I probably have to win this. And the uh, the poll was the other drum player. And uh, this was, I described it as the mirrorist mirror match of all time because we were both running Drom and both running Void Curse Thralls, which meant that uh, somewhere approaching half of our decks would score without like really doing anything at all. I was like, oh, you've got a Void Cursed. Uh, I'll score Surrendered Will. Oh, you know, there's four people with Blood Tithe on the board. We score two glory. So <laughs> uh, the the difference here was going to be figuring out what where the cracks lay, where the where there was some daylight to maybe get some progress in there. Um, I had, I think I'd been sitting close enough to, or maybe that he'd gone to three games with Zach Cassetta. I'm not sure. 
And this is Aaron, uh, right? right? Yeah, this is Aaron. From- I'm sorry if I didn't say it. So, um, uh, Aaron is uh, is buzzed with some of that uh, Underworld's underground crew. So, uh, Tucson, I believe. Um, but uh, uh, he had a, well for starters, really nicely played uh, painted Warband. Uh, but I had. I hadn't seen his deck, but I thought I'd overheard somebody talking about reshaped realm in this game. And I was like, uh, cause I knew Zach was running Hexbane's hunters with void cursed. And so I was thinking, all right, uh, reshaped realm. If that's in play, that is a huge leg up he's got on me. And it's really easy for us to all get void cursed. Uh, if I'm not careful because there's only six of us and two of them start that way. I didn't know if there was tipping point in play. I was worried about that. That was a surge that would be even more passive glory for him. Uh, but uh, I decided that I would play as if he had reshaped realm uh, and I would refuse to void curse anybody uh, anybody else on my team uh, and really try to limit the deaths on both sides, see if I could score a lot without uh, causing unnecessary death unless I was really going to benefit from it um, because I wanted to keep the numbers up because it's the the smaller they went. And even if I can't deny reshaped realm, if I can delay it, then if it's in his hand, uh, it's clogging things up, slowing things down. So that's kind of attack I took. Uh, I went extremely passive um, and that ended up working out for me. Uh, I think, you know, this was always going to be determined some by, by card order. Uh, and I think I, uh, Aaron, Aaron was very, kind with how he described the game. Um, but I, I think he maybe didn't give enough credit to, uh, some favorable card draw for me. Uh, there was one really amazing moment I wanted to highlight. And unfortunately he came out on the, on the bad end of this, but, uh, it was in game two. I'd already won the first game and, uh, I'm, I'm holding a grim satisfaction, which is a three glory end phase, which can either score if you have a huge pile of wounds and blood tithe on one fighter or if four fighters have wound counters and I'm examining the board and I have, I have some push tech and I have drums wound the realm where you can just nuke, uh, the, uh, what do we call it? The, the fearsome belt, uh, <laughs> the fortress, fortress zone, belt, the fortress zone, fortress territory. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where you, where you could just kind of nuke through that. If you're willing to spend the blood tithe off a drum. And I was like, I think I can actually make this happen. And if I can get three glory, uh, off of this and I'm already a little bit in the lead then I'm, I'm in a real good spot. And on top of that, it would be all his fighters getting, uh, getting tagged, maybe one of mine. And, uh, so as I'm deliberating, whether, you know, like, gosh, it'd be a lot of resources to spend. And if he's got it in hand, then I'd give it to him too. And I'd spend a lot of resources for out for, you know, no net gain. And then all of a sudden I see him start to make like some strange moves. I'm like, I think he's setting up for it. So, <laughs> He spent a bunch of resources to ping a couple of his fighters so that it would score. And then, and he was like, I don't know if this is the right choice. And then as soon as he got done doing it, I was like, I got bad news for you. Uh, used push tech to send drama to a lethal and his other fighter in and then ping them all again. So in one power step, he took, I think, uh, across, I think he might've taken three damage to drum two to the Gore Hulk and one to his Herrick's. Um, <laughs> and then we both scored uh, grim satisfaction that kind of tipped that game over. Cause all of a sudden all, all of his fighters were within one shot range. And I was happy to just kind of sit and wait and say, if you want to come at me, I will maybe lose somebody if you charge them, but then I will, I will trade you, um, pretty, pretty safely. Um, 
uh, but it was close. It was, it, there was, uh, there was just a couple of things that went my way to, uh, kind of, uh, lock out both those games. And I, I finished two, one, so I knew I was going to get through. And then I was real happy because, uh, Aaron was actually one of the one and twos to make it to the, the second day. Uh, he, he went off to get a drink. He came back in after it had already been announced. And I, I gave him a thumbs up and a, a smile from across the room and, uh, he was like excited. And then he came up and he was like, Hey, just to be clear, that thumbs up was like, I made it to day two thumbs up. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> It'd be pretty rude if I was just like thumbs up. Hey, thanks for coming back into the room sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, so I was relieved to get another chance, uh, to, to get into that. I think I ended up with the seventh seed, um, coming in, is it, uh, seated just like a, a tournament bracket. Um, and that just leaves Skyler's uh, end of day one. Skyler, where'd you where'd you land? Yeah. Before we jump onto me, I just regarding your mirror of mirrors, I love mirrors in this game. As you were describing, mm. like uh the heady choices that you had to make to like figure out how you're going to like counter the mirror scoring and you know, like find your foothold. I I love that kind of play. I know uh, mirrors are generally love it or hate it, but I definitely fall in the love it camp. I think they're so interesting. Be- before I play them, I hate them, uh, and then while I'm playing them, I love them. I, I played a lot of mirror rippers at one point and realized I actually did kind of uh, love mirror matches. Awesome. Uh, so my match three is against Jazz from our crew. Uh, she is also two and zero at this point, and she is running Crimson Court and Force of Frost. And I am terrified going into this, except for well, it was like there, there was a little bit of terror. And then I went, wait a minute. I was like I had a sidebar with the judge going into the match. Uh, and, I, and I was like, uh, so pretty much anybody that goes two one is making it to the day two cut. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you, you and your opponent like are uh, pretty much guaranteed for tomorrow. You're just playing for seed. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> um, and uh, so like. I wanted to also help Jazz out and calm her nerves. That we both ended up like walking into this nervous, and it was like, why are we? Why are either of us nervous? First off, <laughs> we're friends, uh, <laughs> uh, and second off, like you've, you, we've made it today too. Like this is this is just for seed. Let's see what we can do. You know, sort of a deal. Like have fun, pl- uh, play your heart out. Uh, let's do this. And um, so going into it, um, I knew there were some cards that I wanted to keep in mind uh, and try to play against. Uh, I know that Jazz is a fan of Stranglehold and Glacial Cool, so I have a feeling that those have made it into the deck. I actually don't know for sure. Um, And they have the all objectives are held in one territory, um, a card called Death's Domain, uh, which is very similar to Purifying Rights. It's the same as Purifying Rights from Wild Hunt. So it's a card I'm really familiar with. So I can see the signs uh, very often if somebody is like, I'm going to delve and then abandon this. It's like, oh, okay, well, you are trying to reduce the amount of tokens you're going to need to yeah. hold later for Death's Domain. Uh, so that's in play. Um, so those were cards, kind of like the key cards I was trying to play around. Um, but this is a really scary matchup for me. Um, this is Elite Aggro versus Elite Aggro. Um, but I'm playing counter munch. I'm playing hold back. Uh, I'm also thinking I need to make sure that they don't get enough going, um, enough seed glory to get upgrades down and become even more of a threat because, uh, with vampiric might, uh, it's, um, a plus one strength or 
uh, or plus one damage or a plus two damage, uh, depending on the state that Empire is in, uh, that can threaten primacy, uh, one shotting of my crew uh, really easily. So uh, I have to worry about that. I really need to target anybody I see Vampiric might come down on. Uh, and then she taught me that Anias, I had no idea, has uh, an upgrade unique to him called Ripping Claws, where as a reaction after a successful attack action, mm. it can just tag on another damage there. Yep. Uh, so I had Anias running around um, one-shotting my my crew <laughs> as well because uh, he had like Vampiric Might on, was inspired, was at three damage plus this Ripping Claws, and I was so... <laughs> happy that ripping claws like prevented her from taking primacy off of me as i'm pulling oh, yeah. guys off the board yeah um so this all boils down uh to uh I, I take the first game uh and the second game is far more close uh i get tabled and <laughs> we count up glory and i end up winning this game 17 to 16 <laughs> and the only reason i win this game is because anias was that menace and he could not pull primacy oh, off man. Me <laughs> as he's taking me out so i oh, win man. by that spent primacy uh there at the end and i think jazz said something like okay i didn't need to play a game three anyways <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, re- really, really fun time. Uh, definitely one of the matchups I was the most scared uh, to face uh, throughout the weekend, too. Just uh, Crimson Court in general. Uh, and I know uh, Jazz is super familiar and super comfortable on them as well. Yeah. Uh, and that was our day one. Uh, we had uh, Skylar and I were, uh, well, Skylar was 3 0, I was 2 1, and Brian was 1 2. Um, and that meant that, uh, of our crew, uh, of the six people competing, five of us made the cut for the top 16, which was pretty awesome. It meant, you know, we made up almost a third of the top 16, uh, which is, which is pretty great. Uh, you know, somebody, it, it, just the, the numbers were somebody was probably going to fall and, uh, unfortunately ended up being Brian, uh, Rip. <laughs> but, uh, Brian had to get ready for his pink slips game, which would be the next day. And we'll, we'll get to that once we're, once we're there. But, uh, instead Brian had a night off and, uh, enjoyed it fully, I believe. Yeah. Uh, one of the bright sides <laughs> is if you get knocked out of the tournament, you're in Vegas. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he definitely was, uh, so we then went on to, uh, day two, uh, and then it's just me and Skylar reporting here. So, uh, I can jump in with my first, I think. Uh, Go for it. I was playing, I was playing Bridget also from Tucson, and Bridget was running Star Blood Stalkers with uh, Daring Delvers, and this was a combination that I've experienced before um, with Phil, and so I was comfortable with the things that she was likely trying to do. Uh, it was, I I ended up taking this not to take the drama away i ended up taking this 2-0 uh and in both games i was we were either tied or i had some amount of a lead but what i kept telling people afterwards is like i've never been so uncomfortable while maintaining a lead before because bridget of of all the players i played this weekend she was the crispest cleanest player uh she almost never forgot any kind of reaction or anything like that. She knew exactly what she was doing and nobody denied my scoring harder than Bridget had. Uh, I, I think 
it was we we might have decided the first game on single digit scores like nine to six, uh, and the second game was not much higher than that uh, because she would she would correctly identify like okay I didn't I didn't manage to knock out one of the the big beefy gore chosen in the first round and it and both both times I managed to uh, uh, snake uh, clack crock. So a lot of her damage output was gone. And once she figured out that she wasn't going to get a kill, uh, she did damage mitigation, avoidance, and then just wouldn't charge. And so she kept bricking cards in my hand. Uh, and I was throwing away cards that I would have previously thought were almost auto scores, which was uh, which was incredible. So uh, I, I, you know, you got to take the war band you love. I, if Bridget was running something that we would, you know, generally think of as a uh, top tier, man, I would expect her to podium. Like it was, I was super impressed. Um, really scary. Uh, but I, I took that. And so then I was into the top eight. Uh, Skylar, how was your first round? Yeah. So those nerves about vampires uh, <laughs> got to reemerge immediately. In fact, we saw the, um, the pairings, um, before the next day uh Mm. so i went to bed going i have to fight crimson court again first (laughs) thing in an elimination bracket (sighs) okay um so uh when i got there i got to meet jesse and Mm. uh his wife or partner i can't recall um but um 80 uh so jesse and 80 uh sat across from me 80 got to uh hang out observe our game as well as be um uh, i think she uh, affectionately referred to herself as token caddy uh, <laughs> uh, for the for the match um and uh absolutely um pleasant couple the, jesse was saying uh brian i remember uh correct me if i'm wrong that he had only played like nemesis like for like two yeah, two, two times matches a nemesis prior <laughs> yeah. yeah so relatively new and i wouldn't have known like if he hadn't mentioned that um i, I thought uh, his plays were that of somebody who is far more familiar with the game mm. uh, and uh one cool thing uh if that 80 uh, showed me as well is uh, we were kind of geeking out about the paint job on Crimson Court and she mentioned she's getting into painting uh, as well uh, specifically Underworlds models Um, I don't she might have a painting history um, beyond Underworlds Uh, so she showed me a scathe where she had hand drawn the fur lines and it looked so good I know (laughs) she was like oh it took so long I was like but (laughs) the effect was worth it wow Uh, yeah so uh, jumping into the game um, I had mentioned to, uh, we were kind of both like trying to ease each other's nerves. Um, he was worried that he was going to be an easy game. And I told him that I was super worried, uh, going into the crimson court and, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short, you know, sort of a deal. Um, he was already delighted to be there for day two. They actually had plans as if he wouldn't make it to day two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we sit down, we get into it. Um, I don't. This is one of those like memory gaps. I know I took first game. I don't remember like how that kind of all played out. Uh, the game that sticks into memory for me is game two, uh, because we are playing uh, pretty slow. Uh, so we're actually going to end up uh, with a uncomfortable bump up against time if we're going to need to go to a game three, and the. I cannot find a lead. I don't score glory in the first round. 
Um, uh, so I'm scoring, I think I get one end phase that gets me finally my seed glory. Um, so like I don't have fuel uh, during round one at all. So round two and three, I'm playing catch up and uh, I'm trying to make it close. But I like um, I'm not able to like eke out the win. There was mm-hmm. there was always enough of an opportunity uh, from like a scoring standpoint for me to claw my way back and not put us to a third game. So I didn't feel the need to concede. Um, but uh, he matched pace with me. So even though I was able to like really claw back, I could not while doing so counter um, what he was throwing down. So uh, he takes game two. Uh, we kind of both celebrate a little bit and we are like, all right, we got to quickly get into a game three. Um, but uh, unfortunately, game three is determined by a dice down. Uh, and that game goes to me at that time. Uh, we were just both excited to have had these games together. Uh, he felt really good about um, the dice down decision. Um, I wanted to see it, you know, go to the end because I think that he had a chance to take me, um, especially after that game too. But um, uh, all in all, that that kind of progresses me on to round two, and I, and I feel really lucky uh, to have gotten there um, and to have gotten a chance to uh, play these games with uh, Jesse and eighty. Yeah, I got to play Jesse on uh, in the Rivals event on uh, Sunday and really enjoyed that game. Uh, his demeanor was awesome. Uh, like you said, you know, played like somebody had been playing a lot longer than he had. And he was, uh, he was so crit- like something would go against him and he would, it would, he would just have this take instead of, you know, throwing up his hand. He's just like, oh, it's interesting. Like, oh, okay. Like it was, everything just seemed like it was like a interesting puzzle to him. Uh, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it playing against him. That was awesome. So I'm glad that was a, a good match for you guys. Well, <laughs> yeah, our next one. So yeah. Davey and I <laughs> end up paired into each other. And at this point, this marks my fifth match over the grand clash, right? Mm-hmm. Of which I'm now playing a third <laughs> <laughs> uh, member of the local crew that I flew with. Right. <laughs> So I ended, I ended up playing more <laughs> more of the people uh, that I came with than um, like new people, and I was really excited to play a bunch of new people. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad I had the rivals tournament uh, yeah. on Sunday uh, to help uh, give me more of that experience. But uh, going into this match, almost similarly to Jazz in my conversation the night before, like, hey, you know, like uh, regardless of how this game goes, both of us get to go. You know, on to day two, uh, here, Davey jumps in quick with, you know, hey, regardless of, you know, who wins or loses this, one of us uh, is making it to the semifinals. And, like, that's an awesome perspective uh, to go into the game with um, and is really in tune with our team spirit uh, across the whole event. Um, and, frankly, this was one of the most nerve relaxed i wasn't i wasn't sitting back relaxed like yeah. holistically but nerve relaxed uh games i um you know it felt really comfortable it was still really heady mm-hmm. uh and like i i <laughs> i think that we both played so well um but before i i, I digress you know any further uh, uh davy uh, how about you going into this uh for me it was we had played this exact matchup just once before that i recalled uh and it was a matchup that i had won 
but in so doing, realized just how much passive glory you had access to in this build that you had. Uh, and that was really useful for me going into this. I was like, okay, I, I cannot just be totally passive. I cannot just sit back. Uh, I have to make sure that I'm scoring something that I have some plans to disrupt or plans to improve board state while scoring what passive I can. Because if I, if I totally disengage, I think, uh, Skylar just kind of, um, keeps ahead and gets too powered up and he's too hard to catch. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I knew that at this point there were no easy matches, um, available. Uh, and I was, uh, it, it was that mindset where I was like, I, I feel uncomfortable with my odds in this, but I know it is winnable. And I think I have a sense of what I need to try to do. Um, but yeah, same. I, I would agree. It was, uh, we were actually speaking out loud a lot about like, like, I think you have this. And so I'm trying to deny this. You know, like there was, it was almost, it wasn't a training game, but it, it, at times it felt almost like a training game where the thing we do, and maybe it's just habit at this point where we'll, we'll talk out loud about what we're trying to deny or what we are suspecting and all that sort of thing. That was, that was really fun. It was really fun <laughs> when we would make moves. The other person very, very commonly would say like, oh, you're doing that because of this. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and then like, oh, you know, good move. Like yeah. just knowing what it added up to in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, because we had a good sense of what the other was trying to do, there was this, uh, we would have like a plan and a backup plan and a backup plan. Like you, you trying to score stockpile, I think. And I trying to deny it. I was like, I got this and this and this to try and deny it. And you're like, and I've got these four things to try to make it happen or, you know, whatever. And so, uh, and so it became, and this is what happens sometimes. It became less about, you know, for me, like, I guess maybe I will not be able to deny stockpile, but I can force uh, heavy expenditure of resources to make him do it. Uh, and that's going to be, have, have to be the, the win in this interaction rather than, than actually denying the objective. I uh, had two things I needed to keep in mind uh, or that I was telling myself, make sure to stick to what you've already decided. And it mm-hmm. was, um, I was going to not close the gap before you. I was going to spend that time drawing cards and I was going to make sure I always had a solution for overhead smash in mm. my hand. <laughs> uh, and uh, both of those things I, I, I stuck to. Uh, yeah. I think it was our first game that started with uh, you made me go first and I had I drew a card. You drew a yeah. card. I drew a card, you drew a card. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I've only got two activations left in the round. I have to like work on my setup a little bit um, for scoring. And uh, you still took that first game from me. Yep. And then uh, with overhead smash, uh, I think that was some of my most memorable plays yeah. was in both cases, I was able to use redeploy creatively uh, to, to get out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. And, and we, there were a couple of turning points that we, we discussed a few times. Um, and it was one of these things was like, this decision is kind of deciding the game. And even after it had happened, you're like, it's, it's not clear if this is the wrong or right decision, you know, like it was, it was, uh, playing the odds sort of thing. I, in the second game you had, I didn't. I didn't even see it coming. You'd put Mason's great hammer on Daco, who had void cursed. So Daco did not have an attack until he picked up a hammer, 
And then uh, all of a sudden he was, because he gave him plus one dice, he was flying in on the Gore Hulk who only had three health left. And uh, all he was looking for was one crit. Uh, and that did not happen, which meant that the Gore Hulk survived and not just survived, but survived with health enough and in a position where I was able to get off grim satisfaction and start generating some healing again, uh, with the, uh, we did the math afterwards too. And if, cause it was a choice I made to forgo stockpile. So Mm. I had to weigh the, the risks on my side and I was like, okay, if I make this play, I'm giving up two points. Um, but I think if I don't make this play, grab the safe two points, I lose this game. I was mm-hmm. like, and this is round two, but in round, like, I'm like, I will not be able to catch up if I don't make some significant ground right now. And yeah. I really need that Gorhalk to die. Um, yeah. And afterwards, we're like, that was an eight point swing. <laughs> yeah. if, if that attack goes through. Yeah. That's eight points in my favor, like from what I'm denying from you and what I'm securing for myself. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, I, I did end up taking that uh, that match to zero. Um, he does. And, uh, yeah. yeah. For me, uh, when I realized that I'd lost, uh, I do concede game two once I realized that I cannot uh, outscore uh, him at this point. Uh, so once I the math clicks into my brain and I'm like, oh, no, I've lost this one. Um, I get this big smile on my face and I look up at him uh, and say, congrats. <laughs> and I, I put my hand forward for a handshake, which you refused Yeah, yeah. because you got up and gave me a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the same time, uh, what happening behind us is we're about to go on lunch break. Uh, we learned that Jazz had made it into the semis as well. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and as I was walking, you know, I was I didn't know exactly what the matchup would be, uh, or I guess I did, uh, but I, I remember I, I literally got like a lump in my throat when I figured out that Jazz had gotten into the semis. It was such a such an awesome story for her, um, and such a such a tribute to like her. She's been playing this a long time, and she is playing a war band she loves and is comfortable with, and uh, that goes a long way. And so. Uh, that meant that I was going to play jazz in the semis and then, uh, Derek was over in the other, uh, the other semi and he was playing, was he playing Jonas? I think he's yeah. playing Jonas. Yeah. So <laughs> round one, there was actually a couple of really interesting upsets. Um, I know round one, Alex had to, maybe I'll be, uh, stealing a little bit from his diary contribution, but, uh, round one, Alex went up against Derek and I think he took the first game. And so we were all like, oh, because <laughs> yeah. Derek had been undefeated at this point. And uh, it was like if Kagura can just run in and smash on Ephlam and uh, it would be a massive upset. Um, meanwhile, another upset was uh, Damien, uh, also Canadian, was playing uh, Crimson Court, I believe, Fearsome Fortress or uh, uh, Force, of, Force Frost. of Frost. Yeah. <clears throat> another FF. Um, yeah. But uh, he played against Jonas in round one. Jonas was playing his Wraith Creepers, and they were beautifully painted, like very bland shih tzu. Yeah. Um, and the Wraith Creepers in an upset, because Jonas was one, uh, I think he was the 16th seed, and Damien was number one at this point. Jonas Jonas was the 17th seed. 17th. And Bill uh, could not play on day two, dropped uh, out of the 16th seed, and so Jonas made the bracket by virtue of that. Copy. Uh 
and then and then goes to take down Damien in round one, which holy cow, which were right. breakneck slaughter vamps, yeah. by the way. Mm, yes. Okay. Yes, that that's right. Um, so there was some massive upsets. I I believe there was one more. I think it was uh, Aaron took was, down Zach. Um, yes, Zach got to got to see him the the next time. So a couple of the a couple of the Vassal Discord's favorites um, were were knocked out um, in these elimination rounds here. Which, for by virtue of uh, just seeing a really complex pool, it's not just always like I, I saw this at Worlds where you don't want to see like me personally. I don't want to see like this separation of oil and water. Like there's this elite, and then and there's everybody else. Uh, but instead, it's very mixed up. Like those upsets uh, really show how dynamic this game can be, and it's not just you know the established names that make it to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Jonas is an awesome story. He ended up, uh, getting bumped by Derek in that last, uh, in that semi and I'm up against jazz and, uh, jazz was actually super anxious on this and I couldn't figure out why I was like, I, I don't you know, like we've played each other a ton of times. Like we have, we have good games. They're, they're often crazy. Uh, and she was, uh, she was just kind of n- anxious about this specifically i think she told me uh she was like well you're kind of like my mentor and i was like oh i don't know about that uh but jazz we i the last time i played against you with this deck you you beat me with this crimson court force of frost so like this is totally and she what was the other she was like i just i just don't want you to be disappointed and i was like i don't know how i could be <laughs> like you're in the semis one of us I, it was the same sort of thing that i told scott one of us will be in the finals that's that's an incredible thing for madison to be able to say here so let's just play this thing and uh uh skylar you're saying you weren't sure whether she had um glacial cool or uh stranglehold in there yeah going going into her game but uh i frustrated her because uh i i assumed she did because i know she's a fan and i kept denying them she was like skylar stop it (laughs) (laughs) well i i knew that she had stranglehold in there but i got my head too wrapped around the uh as it Death's domain. I don't remember the the one hold all in vampire territory. So we yep. had this longboard situation, and I accidentally set up stranglehold to be scored by holding just a single objective, which she did, uh, and jumped out to this early glory lead. And she tabled me running away in the first game. I was like, okay, well, let's focus up. Second game, I'm going to play it real clean. Uh, and second game, I I got an early lead. Uh, she her her play style. She's real smart about uh, working towards what she can. Uh, but once I had denied enough, then she just, she can like shift gears. And it's almost like she says, okay, like if you're going to deny that, then I'm going to the high risk, high reward level of play. And it's bomb a charge in, bomb a charge in, bomb a charge in. And if they, if they land, then all, which, you know, they did all of a sudden I was like, I'm in a really scary spot. All my guys are like one hit away from dead uh, and my game plan will fall apart. And I uh, panicked in this second game. I had the Gore Hulk uh, was still relatively healthy, and I was trying to chase some more glory because I didn't know how much she could score. I didn't have a good sense for that. I still wasn't sure if she had uh, Cold Chill of the Void, um, Cold of the Void, the uh, nobody standing next to anybody, and I was worried that was going to go off. So I was like, I think I need a little more glory. Charged in and ended up in a uh, punch out with. Um, Duval and Duval put that vampiric might on. He was bloodthirsty and landed, 
I think he had the plus one damage game. I, it was, oh, because he was bloodthirsty, he had plus one damage, rolled that crit and just did the remaining five damage to Gore Hulk and just smoked him. Uh, and I lost, I lost O2 and uh, I did not get my chance to re, re uh, attempt to uh, take down uh, Derek and Jazz went and represented us, uh, gave him a little bit of scare in, uh, in their game one. But uh, then Derek did end up taking it. I think you'll get to hear about that on uh, Path to Glory. But uh, I was, I, I know at the end of the game, Jazz just looked completely relieved. Just, I, I wasn't even that, I think she was relieved that she won. I think she was relieved it was over. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I was really happy to see her back in Madison and she played my son. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was really awesome that, you know, like we, we really try to, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but we, we try to pride ourselves on like how we conduct ourselves, how we present our community to, um, the greater underworlds community, like our little pocket, what we show and for jazz to be the one to, uh, represent us in the finals. I, I don't think we could ask for like a, a better representation of our community to, uh, to go forward um, and uh, share her kind of awesome attitude and love for the game at that, uh, at that highest level. I thought hell, that was kind of amazing. Hell yeah. Yeah. So say we all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the unplanned themes of the Dear Diary episode, which I also uh, really love listening to after the fact uh, was I noticed everyone spoke to, and we didn't we didn't talk about this, we didn't plan on this, uh, that they weren't there to win uh, the tournament as a goal. Like, obviously, um, that would be awesome, but everybody spoke to how um, they wanted to just go and play against you know different people, meet different people in the community, yeah. um, and I couldn't be uh, more proud to be a part of that crew. Yeah. I'd be lying. You know, I, I want to be clear. I'd be lying if I didn't say I also had some disappointment about losing that semis because I, I really, I didn't think I would be favored in the finals necessarily, but I thought I could represent, I, I thought I could uh, give Derek a real strong showing. Uh, yeah, and make those to, adjustments. Yeah, to not get a chance to put those adjustments into play. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't even on my radar, like being in the finals or maybe winning the finals until all of a sudden it was really close. And to have it like, surface and then uh get shattered was just kind of like a, a little bit of whiplash so uh i was i was really happy for our community and like a little disappointed for for uh myself but uh i um man again, i want i wanted to ahead. test my deck against uh derek's <laughs> eflum so badly oh, yeah. you know i that was what i was thinking you know not to not to wander too much but when you and i were playing i was like i absolutely want to beat skylar here because i want to keep advancing I think Skyler's got a better chance against Derek than I do. Like his, I think his, his build has a, has a better, uh, better chance in that matchup. And so that will be, that will be my silver lining in this game is if Skyler advances, not only will we send another Madison person to these semis, but I think we send a deck that's got a better chance of pulling that win. But I'm really glad I didn't have to go fight jazz a second time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, so after that, uh, we, it was a long day, uh, cause it was, what well, it was uh, four rounds by the time you include the final. Uh, and then we had to go up, had to, got to go up mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and play the Pink Slips match, which will be on, as we said, be on Alex's channel. Uh, we had we had Derek up there. We had uh, Aaron up there. We had the Underworld's Underground crew up there. And man, the, uh, the environment in that room, like kind of the, 
the excitement, the joy. I don't know. It was, it was awesome. I think I remember it it was a, it was a match for the ages, um, with, uh, with just some spectacular sportsmanship from, from Mike, uh, great commentary from, uh, Thomas and fish. I was feeling a little, they were like, I was like, man, these guys should actually do this. I, I'm going to maybe step to the side and let them <laughs> take the lion's share because they're doing an awesome job of this. Um, but I remember, I think I turned to somebody at some point. I was like, man, I would lose every every game uh, in an event if it meant that I got to like be in a room with this kind of uh, energy. Like, this is really awesome. It was, it was just a super fun time. Um, and uh, for all the hype that we put into it going in, it, it lived up to it somehow. Uh, it, it felt impossible that it would, but it did. Yeah, the energy was absolutely electric. Um, I got a little vic- victory right out the gate when I revealed to Sleeks Bowl what I was putting on offer. I put my dread pageant up with all the bells and whistles, uh, their golden demon card, promo cards, uh, tokens, everything. Yeah, uh, and he brought <laughs> what he was known for his Iron Claw, Iron yeah. Souls Condemned with Tooth and Claw. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but it was nail biter. It was not a shutout. Um, I don't know how I kept my cool, <laughs> uh, but I was internally screaming and crying. <laughs> I was, we, were, we were talking to each other. We could see hands shaking on both sides, you know, not, it was just like a adrenaline flowing. It was such a, such an awesome thing. So, yeah, I tried uh, to, I tried to join in on the commentary, but, uh, was doing so much tech troubleshooting while doing oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just kept pausing <laughs> and like really relying on, um, other Mike, uh, fish mode at the time. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, thanks for picking up my slack there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Luckily, I think uh, Alex was reviewing the footage. It looks like we got it all. Um, So despite the technical difficulties, we should still have the entire sequence. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm still jonesing from that. (laughs) (laughs) If if we were able to capture half of the energy in the room, I'm telling you, the video is going to be more than worth the watch. Yeah, it was uh, when it was done. Also, uh, you know, Underworlds Underground was like, "Hey, we got to make this a regular thing." I'm like, "I don't know how we can." Like, this feels impossible to follow up, but but uh, it may it may be a one uh, a, a regular thing. We'll uh, we'll be in consultation with them. We'll, we're trying to decide is it a is it a convention thing or is it specifically a LVO thing? You know, do we? There was talk uh, going into this of possibly doing like a team event. So maybe LVO is the uh, pink slips event. And then somewhere else it's a, a three on three team, you know, oh, wow. uh, matchup or something like that. So lot, lots of possibilities there. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll look into it, but given, given uh, everybody's different lifestyles and you know, how frequently we can make conventions, I feel like it yeah. should be at least a convention thing. Uh, <laughs> but I don't want to, we're still ironing out the details. We don't exactly yeah. want everybody saying like, I want a pink slip challenge you. <laughs> like, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to start this off with a bang and make it a memorable thing. I think everybody in that hotel room <laughs> is going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, maybe everybody in the uh, adjoining hotel rooms because we were very, very loud. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. I, that was the, the clash. I do want to touch on the rivals event just cause, uh, it was, it was cool. I know, uh, are you guys good to just cover that real briefly? Oh yeah. yeah real quick. I can cover okay. my stuff real fast. Like, yeah. And I, this, I don't, this is not to, uh, uh, dismiss any of the players were playing the rivals event. I had an awesome time. Um, but, uh, the focus was this grand clash. I think, uh, maybe we just do, 
uh, each person runs through their four games and then they go yeah. from there. Um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Underworlds Underground will have this more in depth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they uh, should. <laughs> uh, Skylar, why don't you start us off then? Yeah, I'll kick us off. I brought Skase Wild Hunt with their faction deck. And mm-hmm. I, I did this simply because uh, it's a warband uh, that I've always loved. It was my first love. How I learned the game. So every once in a while, I do really like an excuse to take them out, uh, look at them. Uh, they're the only warband I've ever painted. Um, <laughs> so I really like tipped the decision over from Soul Raid uh, with uh, Toxic Terrors into just bringing something that I wanted an excuse to put on the table and look at uh, and just be happy to be playing games with Skase Wild Hunt. Um, sad, sad note though, uh, sh- there's some battle damage <laughs> from previous, yeah. uh, where, um, I have a pin in, um, my archer's leg. And so she, uh, Althane, Althane. Ooh, I feel, I hope that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, she, I went to go pick her up one time and, uh, I think because the base is magnetized as well, every time I do that, if I don't pick oh. her up from the bottom, it puts pressure on that pin. And so yeah. I, w- I literally just picked her up to move her from one space to another and oh, she, no. she fell apart, uh, <laughs> during my, my first match. So for the rest of the day, oh, I just no. got to be sad about the thing I was looking <laughs> at on the table. Um, but, uh, I, I got to play, uh, Aaron. Uh, yeah. the same, same opponent that, uh, Davey spoke to regarding the, the Gorchos and, um, Amir there, uh, Aaron, uh, coming from, uh, the Underworlds Underground's, um, entourage and, uh, he plot, uh, Crimson Quartz and I think was playing Breakneck Slaughter, if I recall correctly. Uh, he won that handedly. Uh, in fact, at the beginning of the game, he said something like, uh, oh, Skates Wild Hunt. Well, I- <laughs> I'm going to feel really bad if, <laughs> if I lose this. Touche, <laughs> uh, Aaron. Touche. <laughs> um, then up against Alex uh, from our local, and he was bringing um, the Paths of Prophecy plugged into uh, the Profiteers, Thundrix Profiteers. And uh, this is something that uh, kind of came out of nowhere for us locally. It was a huge surprise uh, when he plugged this in and just started consistently scoring double digits with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, like consistently somewhere between 10 to 15 points every game. And we're like, whoa, 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 what is this? Uh, <laughs> My favorite uh, anecdote is I asked him like, why, why are you, uh, you, you seem to be enjoying this even when you're losing. He's just like, yeah, I just, I really hate Caradron and Age of Sigmar because they shoot me. And uh, so when my own guys die in Underworlds, I don't really care when they die. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Um, By the end of the day, the card with Sleek Distracted on it, um, I think it's called Easily Distracted, Mm -hmm. uh, became Alex's least favorite card in the game. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh, I'll push one. You push anybody else, too. I hope this doesn't hurt. What but, could go wrong? <laughs> uh, Alex and I had a good game. Uh, was able to take that. I will actually highlight one moment real quick uh, where I threw on Althane, who uh, had a Daco stand-in. I was like, I'm just going to oh, grab yeah. another archer <laughs> and put them on the table so it's not just a leg. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was able to uh, toss on knockback uh, on her as well as uh, her ability to uh, take two arrow shots. Uh, and then I ran her next to an objective. And as I did so, Alex went, 
uh-oh. Because <laughs> the objective holder had one health left. Yeah. Uh, so pinged him uh, down with the arrow shot and then reacted and shot the one standing next to this objective with knockback, dealing one damage to him and sending him straight into a lethal. And I was like, <laughs> he, t- he took both models off the board and I was like, yeah, but like, that was cool, right? Like, <laughs> as, as somebody who is known for enjoying knockback, like that was cool, right? And he's like, it would be a lot more cool if I wasn't taking two models off the table right now, Skyler. <laughs> um, so that was that. Um, and then uh, my next game is with Bill. Uh, Bill is playing um, the uh, Arena, uh, Griselle's Arena. Uh, Bill uh, it just went online at some point in time we had we had so much fun with this game like it was like dice back and forth where uh i actually thought i was um gonna take it but then they've got some really scary uh voltron uh potential and so uh i should have realized i I don't have much experience against serena so i guess this is me learning um take her out early don't let her become a problem late um (laughs) so i uh, ended up falling to like just combo, um, just absolutely like, all right, we're going to hit you and then we're going to kill this person next to you. And then later we're going to activate, we hit you again, finally take you out, kill this other person next to you. Like, whoo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but we had an absolute blast playing those games. We were laughing quite a bit. Uh, and my yeah. last, my last game here is Chris. Uh, Chris is the TO. So I've landed myself the buy. Chris is playing Gnarl Spirit Pack for, um, for the buy. And um, I just want to uh, just touch on the fact that like Chris was an awesome TO all the way throughout. Um, he fought for uh, prize support for the event uh, when it wasn't first uh, given and um, made sure that it happened. And like uh, he was saying, like, you know, if he hadn't taken up the mantle a year ago um, to run this, there wouldn't have been Underworlds at LVO. Um, oh, there was no other volunteer doing it. Uh, when he had asked, you know, like, um, why, what is this, you know, like play support documentation for Underworlds at LVO, you know, uh, internally, you know, with uh, Frontline Gaming, they were like, uh, what game system now? You know, <laughs> w- w- what's an Underworlds? And he was like, oh boy, uh, that's uh, that's a bad start. <laughs> um, and he's he's been playing the game for a little over a year and um like so in that year you know made sure that we had lvo underworlds last year it was back to do it again this year implemented the things that he thought he could improve on uh and uh is looking to continue to do that uh in the way that he runs the tournament but i I thought the tournament was um really well run um and like the it's always nice to walk away with like areas that you can improve on as well. And like, he was excited to have those conversations with people. Um, like Davey already spoke to one where like, maybe it could have been a more flexible cut, um, stuff like that, uh, where really polish it, um, and make sure, uh, like there was that glory, glory kind of contributed to your tournament points thing. Um, you know, kind of maybe rebuild that a little bit, Mm. but anyways, um, just wanted to say, uh, uh, double thumbs up to Chris. Uh, had a lot of fun playing him in the bye as well. Uh, so uh, there we go. Uh, over to uh, I'm going to throw this potato to Brian. I'm only recalling three matches, uh, <laughs> so All I right. don't know if um, I don't know if I'm forgetting somebody or if I uh, just blanked out. Um, so my first match that I recall, I think this was my first, was once again against Fish Mode. 
so my terror from day one came back and not with Grizzale's Arena, but uh, Velmorn's faction deck. Nice. Um, and so who are you playing? I, so if you listen to my Dear Diaries, I did kind of pull an audible. Um, I did not bring the Dread Pageant, even though I had secured them in the Pink Slip match. Um, I instead decided to bring the Thriceful Discord uh, purely for paint. Um, yeah. Because there had not been a uh, price support for paint during the Grand Clash. Um, so we did it on the Rivals event. There was actually more people in the Rivals event as well. Uh, so I brought the thrice fold. I went hard in the paint on them, uh, painted went went full, uh, like expanded my painting techniques for gems and realized that there was 50 some gems on the thrice fold <laughs> discord, 30 some on, uh, Vexmore alone. Uh, so I just brought thrice fold with breakneck slaughter. Uh, I just went aggro instead of the passive that I had been doing, um, so for my round one against fish, this was really memorable because I started off second activation with uh, devastating charge with Vexmore charging into enemy territory to take a stab at the king and swing hit kill for oh. damage kill Velmorn second activation of round one um, swing for the king you better not miss and. Um, Vexmore declared himself the new king. Um, but it didn't work out. Because uh, uh. <laughs> there was a couple critical errors, but also uh, Jedrin uh, did his father proud and managed to make up a lot of losses. I had a critical um, move decision in the end with Vashtis, my one remaining fighter. I didn't anticipate a double push and a range two attack action being put on Jedrin to suddenly threaten Vashtis and Vashtis died, uh, making my hand unscorable and his scorable. Uh, so he managed to win that one despite the king going early. Well, he um, came in with an intimidation buff, though. <laughs> He's literally wearing a Burger King crown. <laughs> a bit of that. Um, yeah, which is the bling wasn't <laughs> The bling wasn't exactly uh, distracting ostentation to me, but uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> Jedrin the Bastard uh, came out of nowhere. Um, I thought I'd put him in a corner, uh, but he suddenly was a threat. Um, round two was against Damien. So again, I'm excited because I get to play against another person. I've already played against Fish, and he showed me twice that he's formidable. Damn you, Fish. Um, <laughs> but playing against Damien, Canadian, uh, seen him at multiple events, seen you guys play him at uh, the events, especially at Adepticon. Uh, so I finally got to play against him. He was running his Crimson Court with Breakneck Slaughter against my Thricefold Breakneck Slaughter. And we had a lot of the same cards in hand, uh, but where the few cards where we differed were duds for me. His were wins. Um, so he scored. We scored two of the same cards in the first round, and, but he also had Rapid Strike. So uh, that kind of tip things i made a critical dumb error with the charge with vexmore so i was i was suddenly down to just head vexmore and instead of sitting and turreting i tried to make a more defensive by getting into cover uh but then that just meant that his three vampires could dance around me and i would have to <laughs> chase him down um that was Oof. really dumb on my part so lost that one as well 
I uh, hope to give them a more sporting match in the future. Mm. Uh, but it's rivals, so I wasn't exactly, uh, you know, sweating it. I'm here for paint. Uh, I hadn't practiced this much, uh, just breakneck faction deck with, or breakneck with Thricefold. So uh, going into game three, or at least the game that I, I think I only remember three because I think I just got knocked out early. Um, was a, a buy against the TO Chris. Um, he was playing his GSB. Really liked how he handled the buys because you could either take a tie and not play the match, play the match and lose and earn a tie, or play the match and beat him and earn a win. Uh, so it's either you're tying the TO in the buy or you're uh, earning a win. So I really liked how he handled that. Uh, playing against GSP. I did finally remember to plunder. Uh, <laughs> and this was consequential um, because he had his faction deck GSP, which cares about destroying objectives. So once he did that, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, and plundered. Um, Jazz had also, so we brought uh, some swag to share. We had uh, stickers for uh, what the heck's just happened at LVO 24. Uh carrying on from our Adepticon showing last year, uh, had similar stickers made. And then this year, Jazz also, because we've all forgotten Plunder so many times, even when it's beneficial to us, she made buttons that said, I remember to Plunder. Yeah, uh, We were handing those out to our opponents who did remember to Plunder. At least I was handing them out only if they Plundered. And uh, despite having a visible, tangible award for doing so and earning a button, so many of us would finish our match and go, I forgot to plunder. Uh, my, my time remembering was when I laid it down playing Bridget, uh, the Starblood yeah. Stalkers player. And I said, I'm going to put this here. So if, if you remember, you can earn it. She's like, well, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't, I'm probably not doing a lot of killing. And I'm frequently like in a spot where I'm not necessarily going to do that. And I, uh, in our second game, I managed to kill, uh, I think Watchy um, and, uh, I started looking at my card and she was like, um, do you want to plunder? And I look at the board. I'm like, yeah, I actually really do. That's really helpful. Thank you. And she's like, well, then I'll take this. <laughs> Excellent way to earn it. Yeah. <laughs> reminding your opponent. Yeah. It's like, ah, God, I, I it, sting, it stings even more that you had to remind me. <laughs> I plundered um, against Brian to score a dead sneaky and he, ooh. and he threw a button at me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I had remembered multiple times like, okay, this would be really good to plunder, but, um, yeah, if they're on a feature token, you can't, um, if you're not adjacent, you can't. And so I think that's why we forget a lot, but you, you can, if you're not adjacent. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I've, I feel like I've had this go back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember if it used to be that way or not. Um, but (laughs) okay, whatever, what it's something, (laughs) but, uh, so, yeah, ended up uh, playing against the GSB. Um, should have taken out Kira a little bit earlier. She went blunder mode on me for a while, but I got lucky and managed to hold it out. Um, I did win that one 2-0. Um, only win for the day, but I think that's. I think those are the two games that I had, or three games that I had. I don't remember mm. a fourth. If I do, I'm sorry if I forgot. Um, I, I just feel like I got knocked out because um, of my early two losses and um, because of the single elimination, uh, we actually didn't see a whole bunch of like, you know, who was ranked third, fourth, fifth, sixth kind of stuff. Um, but sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Davey. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, I had originally wanted to bring Headsman's Curse as like, hey, I think they actually can really compete. And then uh, I just decided I wanted to like go full fun on uh, on this day. And so I took Eyes of the Nine, which I really like the conversions I've done on them. So let me show them off a little bit. Fun or torture? <laughs> and well, obviously they don't have their, their infaction deck. I can't take that because it's too small. So uh, I took Malevolent Masks with them, ran all Malevolent Masks uh, with the eyes. And I had so much fun at the Rivals event. I was so glad I did it. I... Um, just running through real quick. Uh, I played Chris in round one with Drom, and I know Drom really well. I got to longboard him, um, which meant that I got to sneak the blue into his backfield, get some seed glory, and then just score uh, fistfuls of glory once I got a couple masks out. Uh, and uh, Chris was awesome. He was returning to the game, I want to say, and he was uh, he's a veteran, so we got to talk some military stuff. Uh, afterwards it was good to kind of catch up. We had some common, common threads. That was really awesome. Uh, game two, I got to play, uh, Brendan, the, Canaan's uh, player. Um, I also won the, uh, roll off and longboarded him. And he said, uh, Hey, I'm really sorry. I have this strategy that I use. If I want to try out if, uh, if somebody longboards me, and I was like, no, you don't have to apologize. I longboarded you. Like if, if it's beneficial to you to do anything in this situation, you should do it and punish me. Like you, I'm the one who should be apologizing for this. Um, I won that one on a 50, 50. I surged into my, I had two objectives left surge. One of the objectives would be dead and one of them would win it for me. Surge into the one that won it for me, which is awesome. In the third game, uh, I got to play Jesse who uh, did go on to play in the finals. And uh, I managed to get it down to a, a one attack. If it hit or missed, I would I would uh, win it. And I, I uh, had a lot of things in my favor on it, but managed to miss. And he did have that uh, undying evil. He was running that Crimson Court. Um, and that was an awesome game. Uh, I love that all these players, I, I will also say I won the roll off and longboarded him here. Um, all these players, like nobody got antsy or perturbed that, uh, I longboarded them. They were just like masks and eyes are so weird, uh, especially with the blue horror that I kind of explain it and then start doing weird stuff. And then everyone was just like, man, that is so interesting. That is so weird. You know, like what the heck is going on? Um, so everyone was just seemed, seemed like pleasantly delighted for the weirdness that that, that combo was, but, uh, Jesse bumped me there. So I was two and one. And then I got to finish against Bill who brought Aaron, I, uh, and, uh, tell me if you're noticing a pattern here. I won the roll off and longboarded. <laughs> so, uh, went all the way to the back, uh, again. And, uh, what was exciting in this one is I got the blue horror in the back. I managed to put the frostbitten veil on, which is the, uh, reroll as many dice as you want. And the blue horror just like machine gunned down to the Aaron I who had stayed back to maybe try and take care of him. So the blue horror was like back there scoring glory for wearing a mask on an objective or being alone on an objective or just killing people. Uh, and meanwhile, Vortimus and his three stooges were hanging out in the other end of the board, uh, trying to hide from Grissel, who was just whiffing, whiffing until the last round when Grissel killed everybody. <laughs> one, one fighter wiped out 
all four of mine that were in my territory uh, for some pretty spectacular carnage. But the blue uh, horror is like, look, guys, wasn't that cool? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one here. Uh, so I, I did end up winning that three uh, one, and I just had so much fun. Uh, I'm sorry, I did end up winning that one. I had uh, such a blast playing that combo that uh, it had me cooking with uh, masks as soon as I got back. And uh, I've I've uh, built a few things that I'm pretty excited about. Grim Grimwatch. Uh, that has won, I think, like 16, 16, 15, 15, and 19, 19. Uh, so apparently you need tiebreakers to score uh, to, to win with that. But uh, it was uh, it was really, uh, really a ton of fun. Really enjoyed meeting all four of those folks. Um, I was, I remember thinking like, I don't know if I really want to play in a Rivals event after playing uh, Nemesis for two days. And I'm so glad that I did. Had uh, had a really good time with it. Um, you can probably hear more about that, uh, the finals in that where, where Sleek's Bowl got to play against Jesse in the finals there. I got to watch a lot of that. That was a really fun game to watch. And, uh, then that was it. That was kind of the end of the LVO experience. Uh, we're going to send it around the horn here for, uh, thoughts on, uh, overall things before we wrap up. We're kind of, uh, going to bring it to a close here real quick. Uh, Skylar, you have just anything overall that you really wanted to, uh, to touch on. Yeah, so one of the things that has emerged as my favorite part of these like events uh, is actually uh, a little bit of the lead up. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll travel together. We'll be excited. We'll be talking. And this might be, you know, the day before we travel. This might be during travel. We've arrived very often. We're in the hotel room and we're going through this. But we will do last minute checks with each other on like group deck analysis. Like we'll sprawl our deck like on a table and talk through like, you know, this is to help score this. And I have this card in here for this reason. These are the cards I feel really bad about. Does anybody have any suggestions here? Uh, sort of a deal. And uh, we'll do similar with boards uh, where it's like, okay, well, like once we've got the deck locked in, um, then uh, or, or maybe, you know, that person wants to uh, hold their deck um, knowledge, you know, to themselves, which is totally fine. Um, but uh, weirdly enough, uh, that, that was none of us. We were just so open uh, with what we were each bringing so that when we would play each other in the tournament, it was less about like surprises and more about outpiloting each other with the knowledge uh, mm-hmm. that, that we have of both ourselves uh, and each other. Um, but uh, it's it's all of that like pre-event last-minute tuning, um, doing board drills and saying like you know having multiple eyes on hey I think this board is bad for me for this reason and then an opponent you know somebody coming from the other perspective being like well actually I think that's good for you because you know here's how it's going to be bad for me as your opponent I would hate to see that board across the table like I think this mm-hmm. would really do well for you um, or finding that last card where it's like hey. Like I, I, I think that there's, you know, something better for this slot and people rationing through it and going, you know what, actually, like, this is the card that should be in that slot and people that go, you're right, that's perfect. And then to hear, like, during the event, after the event, that card swap was perfect. Like, the, yeah. like that saved me in this game. Like, that was like, so clutch, like all of that, like camaraderie that comes into traveling with uh with a group and being able to to do 
this level of um, uh, last minute stuff together. It's, it's, it, it emerges as some of my favorite moments um, uh, of doing this. Uh, so I, yeah. really, I really wanted to highlight that. Uh, and for me, I, you know, I kind of helped a little bit. I, I remember, especially with Bobby, you know, discussing some of that. I did not put my deck and boards out to the to the group, and that was less about. It wasn't about trying to. Hide, I'd been playing that locally for long enough that you guys all knew it was in that anyway. Uh, for me, I've never been one like I. I could never cram for a test. Like it would just kind of stress me out, and so any last minute changes, uh, I just I was like, I don't. I don't want to have to. I know what I've got in there. I just want to leave it be and, you know, uh, feel comfortable. And my, my deck maybe had been refined for a little bit longer uh, than some of the others. Uh, but I wish I had done that maybe a little earlier, uh, you know, so when we're still a couple weeks out. Um, I, uh, on my lead up, I'd had, uh, my my wife had gotten pretty sick in the household and the kids had had a couple snow days. So a lot of my preparation days just kind of evaporated. Uh, and so I ended up, you know, some of the, some of the things that I would have hoped to have practiced or tested against, I just didn't have the time. And I decided I'm not going to stress about it. I'm going to set that to the side. I'm not going to worry about it. I've got lots of reps with this. Anything that I haven't seen, I'm just going to adapt on the fly if I can. And so I, I went into the event feeling pretty, pretty calm. Um, and, uh, if I had picked exactly the right thing, if I had picked FLM force of frost to practice against, maybe I've got a better chance there. Um, but, uh, I was, I was pretty happy with that as far as going in with the, the mindset. Um, but you, you what we really highlighting was that team idea. And we went in, it was not a team event, but it felt like it at times, you know, where we'd check in on how people are doing. And it just felt good when we'd, you know, it was a bummer to knock each other out. You know, we kind of recognized that at one point, like, hey, we're going to, it's going to happen. We, we are going to knock each other out because we make up a significant portion of the field. Um, you know, maybe uh, 20% of it overall, or even more 25% of it overall, something like that. Um, and then going into day two, uh, a quarter of it. So, uh, we, we knew that was going to happen, but it just felt, uh, it felt great to be part of that. And then it felt great to like, kind of expand that, you know, there were, there were people that we met and I'd be super excited to see again. Um, uh, so it was, it was a fun experience to be all part of that. Um, make that happen. Absolutely. Um, one thing that was new to prep this time around that I like to impart to the, the listeners is we realized um, that because we're playing Nemesis, you have your Warband deck, you have your universal pairing, um, that an interesting test uh, might be to take a moment where you play a game versus somebody else, uh, uh, rivals, and um, plug in your universal pairing to your warband, just your mm -hmm. universal uh, pairing as a test to see, is there anything you've been overlooking mm -hmm. uh, in there? Uh, like mm -hmm. a, a good way to like sift and see, are there any hidden gems that you haven't felt you've needed, but like, so you've got in your nemesis deck, you know, to like 90, 95% of the way there. And you're like pretty confident with it, but it's like, let's do one, one check real quick. Let's play one game where I just use my universal pairing and see yeah. if a card pops out. And it's like, that was so cool too, uh, because either A, it'll give you the confidence that, nope, uh, there aren't any cards in here I feel I'm missing. Yeah. Or it, th that one card might emerge. Um, and for me, uh, that's actually what led to uh, my final swap. 
so I ended up swapping, uh, like in my deck, for example, um, in Dear Diary, I mentioned I had only swapped uh, to Great Stomp for Take their take Your Positions. Um, but last minute, um, I swapped out um, uh, something, Gorka Morka, no, <laughs> uh, uh, for uh, Underground Fortress. Uh, mm. And I really hated the other card. And I thought, hey, if I'm never scoring this card, and it's only one point, and there's a lot to set up. I'd rather take something that still requires a bit of setup, but would pay off a lot better. Yeah. Um, so if I'm throwing it away, I'm still throwing it away. But if it, I, I'm able to make it happen, at least it's it's far more rewarding. Uh, so that's, that's a good thought process. Uh, the the last thing I wanted to say, and this is, I don't consider myself a particularly talented painter, um, and I really kind of had to rush the the paint job on my. Uh, on my gore chosen, but I, I did this uh, void curse theme where they were kind of um, the void curse is taking them over. So I did these kind of uh, star patterns that were starting to uh, wash over the models and then uh, painted in some constellations on them and really had some great advice from my son who first looked at it and I could tell by his facial expression. I was like, Ooh, this didn't, I didn't nail it. He's not loving it. Uh, and he was like, you really need some more color in there. And so I did some blue and purple washes and it really made it, made it pop and I got uh I got a couple votes on the on the painting thing and that that was I was just really given the quality of the paint that was out there I was just really pleased to, that uh there were some folks who thought highly enough of uh, what I'd done there um it was really motivating uh but uh Brian as far as painting goes I think you got a memory here yeah, so like I said, I called an audible uh, f- to go for painting in the Rivals event, brought the Thricefold Discord, and paid off. I was up yeah. against, there was some stiff competition. Um, there was Jonas, uh, y- uh, who had brought the really cool um, Wraith Creepers that were very bland Shitsu, also brought Magor's Fiends to this. And it was one where, like, they look good, and then you get in closer, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> it got really good. <laughs> uh, Riptooth was a standout. Uh, looked really cool, really feral. And then also had a display base. There was a Crimson Court player. It was it Aaron? Uh, he had done extensive uh, non-metallic medals. Yeah, it was Aaron. Crimson Court. Yeah. And his first attempt, and I was like, oh, I, I can't even... Um, I, I can't be bothered. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I see how much effort it, it'll take and I'm not ready to, uh, jump on that. And he did it across the entire warband and there's no shortage of metal on those crimson core figures. So, uh, he got my vote for that reason. Um, but, uh, I was, it was really close. It was 11 to 12 for me for Thricefold discord. Um, mm. both, members uh or uh, people who are participating in the event and passerbys could vote um so i was proud to take that uh Giannis got the second on that with the mccors fiend so i was proud to take home the golden demon card for that uh so i set out or achievement the goal that i set out for rivals there that's awesome well i think that's gonna about wrap it up i'm gonna send it around one more time anybody got anything else they want to hit before we close it out well, it's just always great to go to these events, travel, meet people. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to throw your hat in the ring. Uh, some fun upsets like Jesse uh, only had two games of Nemesis prior to this, and he performed really well mm-hmm. um, playing in, especially in the Nemesis or Rivals event, um, getting second place. So, yeah, I think everyone, just about everyone I saw that was playing, even if they were. 
losing their games. They were really enjoying meeting people, um, seeing play styles they hadn't seen before, all that sort of thing. I, I think it was awesome. So I'd recommend it to anyone. For Even sure. if you don't think your goal is to win it overall, just playing the games in that environment is great. I think uh, one thing I want to toss in here is sometimes you chat with people so much uh, without before you meet met them uh, over like the discords, right? And that was the case with us and the Underworlds Underground. And so as we're meeting these individuals uh, and finally getting to put a name to a tag um, mm. or a face, you know, uh, it was awesome in the sense that we just like picked up like we were old friends uh, and like no time had passed since we'd last seen each other, but it, it, it had this also like, Oh, this is what this person looks like. It was, it's such an interesting interaction that is spawned from meeting somebody online and then finally getting to uh, see them in person. Uh, and uh, they were, they were splendid fellows. It, it was so great to um, be able to like, just pick up those conversations. Like we've always known each other. Yeah. yeah we, I think Fish Mode was talking about that, where it's that parasocial relationship where um, I, I get this when I walk around at a con and I see YouTubers that I really enjoy and I've been watching for over a decade now. And I, I just get a giddy smile and look at them like, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I, I, they don't know who I am. And I'm sure they get that all the time where it's just like, ah, he's a fan. Like, yeah. um, it feels weird in the moment, but it's not something to shy away from. Uh being able to interact with people like I went up to Steven box at worlds and I was just like, I really appreciate what you do with Vanguard tactics. And he just had this really, uh, heart melting look just like, thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. um, it's really fun to interact with people and it's even more fun when you interact with them and you realize, yep, we are friends. Like this is great. Uh, so love the underworlds underground guys, uh, loved our moment at Nova with the battle mallet guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean on that, Thursday, I think you guys were all walking around on the strip and I know Sleek's Bowl, Mike was getting in. And so I was the only person around to try and meet him and managed to meet up with him in line to get registered. And I was like, all right, you know, that I, I know him online. That's all I know. And I think we probably walked around, chatted for like three hours before he was like too hungry and had to go get some food because you guys were struggling to get back. <laughs> uh, and it was kind of amazing, you know, like it, three hours, three hours could have been a really long, uncomfortable time, but it, instead it was awesome. Like we, we just kind of, uh, like you said, pick, picked up, um, like we were, we were uh, chatting with old friends. I was really, really enjoyed that. You so. know, he looks so much less, like sleek than I thought he would less feathers, less yeah. beak. Yeah. It's all a lie folks. Um, all right. Uh, we do need to close it out here. Uh, the, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, the best place is the discord. And there is a link in the show notes here. You can also email us what the hexcast at gmail.com or at WTHcast on blue sky or, uh, the site formerly known as Twitter. All our contents on the mortal realms.com. Uh, thanks to the Mortal Realms for having us on uh, the network. Um, we uh, coming up, hopefully, gosh, I would love to talk um, Grave Robbers, but uh, we, we're not sure when that's happening. Um, so we'll be we'll be in the mix trying to figure out uh, what's going on. You will be and hearing. We have, we have no clue what the uh, Universal deck that should be right. coming out around the same time. That's right. I wasn't even thinking about that. Okay, content content surge coming up at some point but um yeah we uh 
we will be coming at you with uh, what we can. You you will hear from our other folks too, either after these credits or as a little uh, get you by a mini sode, depending on how things shake out. Uh, gents, I got this is actually going to be a pretty challenging flavor text quiz. You, but are you ready anyway? Bring it. Okay, uh, I will give you a hint. Uh, it is against a. It is a objective from a universal rivals deck and uh i faced this deck at some point this weekend um and it has been selected for its quote more than anything else it is an end phase i'm going to keep it is an end phase worth two glory here you go everything is so much easier when you work together complete harmony oh good good guess uh i did not see paths of prophecy i did not play against that Mm. Mm. it's beast bound assault Oh, hmm. yeah, yeah double O. For me on that. There's, uh, there's this, cards in that deck with names. <laughs> <laughs> this one was effortless teamwork, uh, and that's because uh, I felt it's like. A good one. <laughs> uh, and uh, you're recommended listening. We're gonna go with uh, Heaven or Las Vegas. That's from the weekend off a of Thursday. That's that House of Balloons trilogy. That uh, was how he made his initial splash. Uh, for what the hex? I've been Davy. I've been Brian, and I've been Skyler. We all got to see a preview of the Grave Diggers. Gra- grave Diggers? Grave Robbers? Grave Robbers. Diggers. Grave Robbers. Yeah, grave. Yeah. Zondara's Grave Robbers? Hello, everyone. Bobby here, back from LVO, with no gold but a cold. Um, as a reminder for everyone... I took Draper's Wraith Creepers with Toxic Terrors to the Grand Clash. And for the Rivals event, I played Draper's Wraith Creepers with just the flat Toxic Terrors deck. One of the biggest things I underestimated heading into OVO was just how many Crimson Court players would be there. While I knew the Warband was strong and Force of Frost just elevated that Warband, um, I didn't expect to see... I think there was three total. I didn't expect to see that many. One of them, which actually was ran with um, Breakneck Slaughter, and then the other two with Force of Frost. I played a lot against Jazz locally here, and she runs that Warband often, so I did have some practice going into it, but I did not expect to play versus the Crimson Court for three straight games in a row. One of the biggest things I think I learned about my deck and Warband um, was probably just how much I relied on Draper. Even though he's one of the most accurate fighters in the game, three dice, looking for smash with um, a reroll, uh, trying to get objectives scored just off attacking alone can be tough sometimes. Things like mass poisoning and uh, carve a path, when those opportunities were present, sometimes Drapers would just straight whiff and would leave me in the dark with one to two glory just sitting in my hand because I can't hit an attack. Uh, while I had practice and my practice went well, um, with the combo, 
especially while he was inspired. Um, it just didn't seem to go my way at LVO. Going into LVO, um, I, I had pretty high expectations of myself uh, with a soft goal of day two, which I achieved, um, and a, a more difficult goal of achieving top four. That obviously I did not succeed in, uh, finishing top 16, only losing out to second place, who was Jazz, my first game of the day. Um, but it was no easy game. I think we finished, she beat me 2-0. Uh, it was tight. I think the glory differential at the end of those two games was like four. It was very close in, all, in, in both games. But while I didn't achieve my hard goal of top four, I did have a boatload of fun at LVO. One of my favorite opponents was Chandler, who was my first game of the Grand Clash. Chandler came in as a slightly new player to Soul Raid, uh, which was a very difficult warband for someone who was slightly new to the game. Um, after a couple of reminders of the Shoal token and kind of charged out rules when having the fish available, dunking him in a, in a lethal, things like that, to try and uh, give him a little bit of information on like how he could really use the fish to, to manipulate charge and all that. Um, he came out the gate swing in game two. Uh, he really opened my eyes how quick some of these people uh, at events can really learn when you're teaching. I think Skylar actually had a similar experience at Nova where he played a slightly new player who came out the gate swinging in the second game. And this was very similar to that moment. So if you're listening, Chandler, shout out to you, bud. Good games. Another favorite moment of mine uh, was in the Rivals event, actually. Both Sleeks Bowl and I were 2-0 and going up against each other. He was playing Zandai's Truth Seekers with just their straight Rival deck, uh, while I played Drapers with just the straight Toxic Terrors deck. Uh, and the very first activation of our game, he runs in with Doraz, and the guy's on two dice, and jumps right in the face of the drummer, and rolls two crits, and I picked up my dice and closed my eyes and threw them very, very lightly <laughs> into two crits to double crit defend, a double crit attack for three damage, which was kind of insane right out the gate. We both jumped up, and we high-fived each other, and we were screaming, and I think we might have been the loudest table at the event <laughs> that day. It was a super awesome moment, uh, and while I was actually watching Trace and Jared play at Nova, they did pretty much the exact same thing in the middle of their game and they did the same thing they jumped up and they cheered for each other so it was really reminiscent of that moment for me but um shout out to you sleeks bowl that was a fantastic game and you're a really fun opponent so what's next for me in underworlds well adepticon is right around the corner and i will absolutely be going to adepticon um and then in the next month or so i will be practicing a few different warbands kind of you know dabbling here, dabbling there, trying to find something that really fits my play style, something that is very flexy, allows me to hold objectives and be aggressive when I want, or be aggressive and hold objectives when I want, um, things like that. So I, I'm going to be juggling around a few warbands here and there to, to see what is competitive for uh, Adepticon. But one final shout out from me, I would like to thank Sleeks Bull for the wonderful gift of Sigmarite he gave me. Uh, which he cursed at the beginning of our game, but I would like to say with the travel and the journey, uh, when I got it back here in Madison at our league night, I rolled seven crits in a row against Phil. Uh, while he wasn't very happy about it, I was greatly uh, pleased, so thank you for that, Sleekswell.
Hello again, I'm Alex, and I brought Cogger's Ravagers with Breakneck Slaughter to the Nemesis Grand Clash, and I also brought Thunderix Profiteers with Paths to Prophecy to the Rivals event. Um, a highlight for me was taking a game off the eventual champion and how I almost did it twice. It goes like this. I win the first game with a surprise dive onto Aphalum mid-game, and it cripples him. Game two was much closer. I wasn't really able to get to Aphalum until his score was too high to catch. Uh, so we go into game three with only 20 minutes left. I give him first activation, and he goes on guard with a silly changer. And then it's power. I have the cards in my hand to make Kagra lethal and fast. But of course, he had time freeze. Well, I dive anyways. I get a crit and a success. He gets a crit success. So I can't drive him back. The game goes downhill for me from there. But uh, it was still pretty close. But uh, he ends up winning. And then moving on to the championship and winning. So it's great. Congrats. Um, <clears throat> I had fun in the Rivals event, but uh, the cards really made me want to make a Nemesis deck with that for them. Because I think it would be pretty fun to take locally. Uh, next, uh, something I learned about my Warband was... Actually, I kind of owe credit to Fish Mode a bit, but... Uh, I had the opportunity to meet the Underworld's Underground crew and... Fish Mode, like I said, uh, is also a fan of Kagras, and he challenged me to a Kagras off. So we had similar decks. Mine was Breakneck Slaughter, and his was Tooth and Claw. And the game begins, and it's a bloodbath. The irony was that each of our fighters die in the same order for each of us, which is pretty silly. Uh, but eventually, it ends in a duel of Razix. And his dice eventually get the better of me. But in the last activation, Fish Mode moves on to an objective for probably an end phase desecration or something, because why not? Uh, he then looks at me across the table, and I have a big smile on my face. He calls me a madman in Delves. He thought I had absolute desecration, which is the four glory, four desecration, and it would have given me the win, and he didn't want to risk me having that silly card, so he Delves, and it was really fun. Uh, I couldn't have been happier that he thought that because he doesn't know it yet, but my current championship deck has it, <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <clears throat> that was really fun. But next for me in Underworlds is finally getting my whole collection organized and ready for paint and, and display and play because I own everything, but I don't play everything. So I, I feel like I should broaden my horizons in the game and just start playing all of the things and not just Kagras as much as I love them. Uh but I think with that, I would just like to shout out uh, What The Hex and the Unworlds Underground crew again because they gave me the privilege of recording their Pink Slip game that was entirely too much fun, and it must happen again. It doesn't have to be a Pink Slip game, but some kind of podcast or t something battle would be really fun. Uh, thanks again.
Hey yo, I'm Jazz, and I took Crimson Court to the Grand Clash. I made it to day two, and that was super exciting. One of my opponents brought the Loon Court with Pastor Prophecy, um, and then with my uh, pairing of Force of Frost, I ended up charging into his territory for Abasov's Avalanche, and I pinged everybody for a damage, including myself. And then he, in the power st- in that same power step, he played healing spores and just heals all the damage that I just did. Except for myself, because I pinged myself. That was super rude. But it was also a really cool play, and it was like the highlight of my day. Uh, later, I made it to second place, but my games that I played against Derek are a blur. It was super exciting, and I got all caught up in the moment. <laughs> but... Uh, I think that Force of Frost ended up being really powerful and fun, but I almost wish I had more time to tinker with other deck pairings. I still feel like I need to tweak my deck a bit, but it was super fun. Uh, And I think in the future, I'm just excited to prep for Adepticon. I enjoy going to the events and just having a lot of fun. Uh, And I guess in the end, I would just like to shout out Davey for being an incredible mentor and friend, and he doesn't get that quite enough. But uh, thanks, everybody. Bye.